Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David, Hoags, and Dan recap the Twins' three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupas, and with me in studio, folks, both Dan Thompson and Andrew Hoags Hoganson. Hoags is a listener of the podcast, obviously, and he had never met Dan, but it's like they've been having conversations all this time. So welcome in studio, Dan. Great to have you in person. Thank you. Hoags, again, you've done an admirable job filling in for Dan on the weeks that he couldn't make it. And so it's wonderful to have you here. I, I don't love that you two are in the same room, though. The loving of puns. We'll, we'll see what we can do today. It's it's nice to finally meet Dan. I feel like we've sort of been talking over recordings this whole time. So it's, it's nice to finally meet him in person. Well, when I was listening to, whenever I listen to you, I feel like you're completing my thoughts when you're, especially when you're criticizing David. Like, I feel like that was the thought that I, I would have expressed in the month. So I think it actually works out pretty well. It, it absolutely does. I mean, let's be honest. We're both the more intelligent yeah, people absolutely. on this side of the room over here. So I, that's, I believe that's, that's the one, how it's that's the work one minute mark we made it to before the digs had started here. Anyway, uh, we have a couple corrections to make. So this is one that uh, we've all been guilty of this. So there's a, a relief pitcher for the twins whose name is Coulom. And we keep saying all kinds of other things. Yeah. And so I wanted to apologize. It's like Heedum and Coulom is how I'm thinking of it. It's not Colum or Columbaba or whatever it is. Uh, other correction, Mr. Well, Thompson. Well, okay, so this is on me. So I have I have mentioned, I think one time erroneously, and I've thought this, that Aaron Bummer used to be a twins prospect. You guys are looking at me like clearly you didn't have this thought. And I have said it before. And I think what happened, I was looking back at some rosters. I think what I did was I have combined in my mind, Philip Humber and Boof Bonzer <laughs> into one man. Because maybe, a, maybe that is how he is. <laughs> because Philip Humber actually did play for the White Sox for a brief time, but Boof Bonzer did not. I <laughs> Boof see. Bonzer moved I on at the number. So I want to apologize for, for saying that Aaron Bummer was once a Twins prospect, because that would have been quite the loss. Definitely would have. I, I also have a correction that I would like to make. <laughs> it's, like, God, it's not a it's not an AA meeting here. What are we doing? Um, during the last podcast, I kept referring to Simmons Bunt as a suicide squeeze instead of what it should have been called as a safety squeeze. Now, the difference is in a suicide squeeze, the runner on third runs right as the pitcher releases the ball as if you're trying to steal home. And then it's on the batter at the plate in order to get the ball into play. So that run scores. Uh, Ref Snyder, in fact, did not leave until after the bunt had happened. So it was it was a safety squeeze instead of a suicide squeeze. Okay, if you folks are done apologizing, I don't know what step of the program you guys are on, but if we're going to get into a recap here, Twins versus White Sox, the Twins take two of three from the White Sox after taking three of four from the Astros. Wonderful performance in this series. The first game was terrible, but let's go ahead and jump into the recap. Series Recap. 
So I was actually at game one, unfortunately. Congratulations. And man, that got ugly fast. The Twins lose this one 11 to 1. The White Sox scored, I think, 15 runs in the first inning. Um, or that's what it felt like. It was four runs there. The White Sox added three in the second. The worst part was, was I think, Miguel Sano just losing a pop-up in the <laughs> night air somehow. I don't know. It didn't end up mattering. Uh, but the Twins fell into an early 7 nothing hole. Yeah, well, what's great about this game is that Rocco went with an opener. So he had uh, Burroughs start the game. Great, great outing. Two innings pitched. Five hits. Seven runs six of them earned three walks two strikeouts only three home runs given up so i guess that's a uh, promising stat yeah when you see that it's burrows against giolito you it's just not <laughs> gonna go well i i did not have high hopes for this game oh i didn't have high hopes for this series let's be honest but well and i must say after the first two innings i was kind of rooting for the perfect game you know how I've always wanted to attend a perfect game. I thought maybe this was my chance. Well, and, and it wouldn't have even mattered if it was a no-hitter, right? It's only the perfect game Only the perfect game matters. Time. How do you feel about that, Hoax? See, here, we're going to start. I'm going to have to agree with David right away. This is like one of the <laughs> yes. few things that you guys argue about that I'm actually on David's side. Dang with. it. No-hitter's great. They can walk 17 guys and no-hitter's still an accomplishment. I think A.J. Burnett did that, I think, <laughs> once for the, for, the, for, the, for the Florida, whoever they were then, the Florida Marlins. <laughs> yeah. That started my hate, I think, of the no-hitter because he celebrated it like he hadn't put nine guys on base how does that happen he didn't give up a hit then yeah but he but that's because when he got to a 3-1 count he's like oh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna walk him <laughs> my no goodness. problem okay it, well it is in fact called a no hitter i know not a no man on base exactly <laughs> which is what it matters that's what it should be it's called a perfect game i'm gonna see one someday anyway we don't want to spend too much time on this game because it's terrible twins lose this one 11 to 1 garcia comes in after burrows goes two and a third only gives up one earned run not a bad line barnes comes in well i guess he was your technical starter i guess i don't know how you really phrase this so we had two openers followed by barnes who's kind of the length guy he went four and two thirds six hits three runs three earned two walks three strikeouts and a home run what's the average era between these three guys it's, it's got good. it's got to be like almost 10 i like to use the phrase length guy like i think that's what we should call the guy who pitched is the most innings in yeah, the game. He's yeah. the length guy. Yeah. That's why they brought him in. <laughs> they brought him in because Rocco was like, well, we're going to lose this anyway. Game two then. Game two. Hey, the Twins win this one. Hoags, you have some things to say about this game. The Twins win this four to three and you were in the mascot race. Yeah, this was this was really fun. I was super excited the whole two weeks that I knew that it was going to happen. I was even doing some sprints in my neighborhood trying to get warmed up. Yeah, it was, the, the game even worked out pretty well for me, too, because we were gone doing the race from the second to the sixth inning. So I missed all the bad stuff and saw all the good stuff. But they, they take you down to the meeting area. And it's really funny because everyone there is instantly just judging everyone based on how fast you think they're going to be. We get down there and you start figuring out what mascot you're going to be. I decided so there, to be. Is there a draft or how does that work? Well, everyone's so Minnesota nice so you basically just all look at it until someone's finally like well I guess I'll take this one and my buddy really really wanted Wanda so he got that one right away which looking back was a great decision because there's no beak in your way when you're trying to see but <laughs> I ended up with Louis the Loon and when you have that helmet on it looks like you're looking at a binoculars backwards like you have tunnel vision it's impossible to see anything else uh, you get all lined up and then you're down there for two innings while you're waiting for everything to happen so I'll be honest I've never been happier for the twins to go one two three <laughs> before we were able to get out there because it was it was hot in are you thing. in you're in the suit for those whole innings they 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 have it very they're super well prepared down there they don't actually start putting the head on until uh i believe it's with one out in the fourth and then that's when they get that the head of the mascot on but those mascots are there's a lot of stuff you have pants on socks on gloves on everything um it's almost like you're getting ready for the day right well, I was <laughs> they are very heavy you'd be shocked because i tried running in like the normal position but like your head starts tilting towards 
towards the ground. So you almost have to run like with your gut out in front of you while you're while you're cruising along. But... That's that's how I run anyway. <laughs> but okay. But did you win? So my my that's... mascot race. <laughs> the answer is no. Anytime, anytime you ask someone if they win, and the answer is an immediately yes, you know that you know that they didn't win. My mascot race went about how the twin season has mm. gone so far this year. I had I had all the athletic ability that I possibly could have needed for that race. But I'll be honest, when I got out there and I was in target field, I started preening a little bit. I was pumped up with the crowd. So I was actually facing the wrong way when the race started. <laughs> I had a good 10 feet in front of me and my, my friend right when we started. And there were times at, at the turn, I made it look like maybe I was going to come back and maybe I was going to challenge for first place. But the second I gave him a little elbow on the turn, he blew right past me and then rocket burners at the end. So maybe that's a good sign, a t- sign to come for the twins that they're, they're turning it on at the end. But I still, I, I got second place. So hey, well, I do have a question though, because it is a little bit unclear to me when you're watching the race at Target Field, there is the turn. Did they give you instructions? Are you supposed to stay on the dirt? Yes, they are very strict about that. They're like, do not step on the grass. Like even when we actually walked out right at the beginning, I was first in line to walk out and I walked out a little bit too far and my feet were on the grass and within seconds, one of the like the interns or whatever was pushing me back onto the <laughs> onto the field, which is hard because you can't see your feet. You can't see your feet. You can't see anything around you. So it was it was definitely fun. I, I had an absolute blast, but no, I, I did not win. I shout out to shout out to Eric for for the victory on this one. Well, the twins did win the game here, by the way. Oh, there was a that. baseball game. So was, <laughs> there was a baseball game that happened. You also. must have inspired them because then it was in the sixth inning where Astadio gets his big home run. Well, it was perfect because it was right when we got back up to the seats and and then that that homer was awesome. I love the dropping down to the knee and just admiring it. That was a great shot. Liner right to left, no doubt. Yeah. So this one, twins win four three. Well, and Griffin Jacks pitched pretty dang well yeah. in this game. I mean, aside. I know you can always say, aside from the home runs that he gave up, but he struck out 10 guys. No, hey, this is the Jake Odorizzi line plus one. It's because he did six innings. He only gave up three runs, 10 strikeouts. I guess I'm just confused. Do you think it's just because the White Sox don't know him that well yet? Or did he really have that good of stuff in this outing? I, I think he had good stuff this outing. He looked great out there. And for a guy to give up two home runs to in a row to that potent of a lineup and still settle down and get six innings out of it, it was really encouraging to see. I, I think there might be something there. Well, he's I, I saw a stat in his last four starts. He's beaten three first-place teams during that stretch. Wow. And he's done it in a variety of ways. His last start against the Astros, he didn't have any strikeouts, and I still think he only gave up two or three earned runs. So he's he's looking good and attacking hitters different ways, it seems like. So it is a small sample size, but something to think about. And only 83 pitches. He could have gone another inning or two. So the other pitcher, he had Gant, Duffy, and Colome. So Gant, again, he wants to start. He gave another clean outing here. There comes a certain point where you're more willing to give him the opportunities, especially with what happened in game one. But the thing is, at this point in the season, Jackson Ober, I think they're guaranteed starts for the rest of the way to see what you have there and i do have to say i've been very sad the old rogers robles combination it's been decimated since the trade deadline now we have the jackson ober combination yeah, it I sounds like a country so, band or something i know i love it you could start talking about the duffy column a combination that, that's true that, that doesn't sound great no, off the tongue it doesn't. no it doesn't. let's go to game three another game that was not terribly exciting in the sense but that not a lot happened we were there together yes David. Yeah. we we i think we chased away a fine 
older couple sitting in front of us there with our banter. I think right away, right away. people don't want to just go to a baseball game and talk about things that have nothing to do with baseball. Apparently, some people just want to sit there and listen to the game. It is pretty shocking sometimes. You'd think they'd want to want to listen to that scintillating conversation. I know. I'm sure I you guys you. were having. They kind of looked at each other. They got up after the inning, looked at each other, and then just walked away. And we <laughs> saw them later. It could have been the shade. It was very hot. But the but, Twins, they win this game. Uh, Bailey Ober, the aforementioned, he had a great start. Five and a third, six hits, six strikeouts, one one walk and then the twins finally get a run in the sixth inning and they win this one one nothing yeah and over went over 80 pitches so he is at 82 pitches 54 strikes a great line from over and i did think that he was going to come out because at the top of the sixth he had to face a brayo so i thought that was going to be all she wrote but he came in he didn't get a brayo but he got uh, he got jimenez behind him so he got the job done at least to get through uh five and a third so he got into the sixth which i think is all you can really ask for a guy who the twins are trying to limit his pitches yeah, it's, it's obviously really tough for Rocco this year with having a lot of these younger guys where you have them on pitch count. The rest of the outing here from the bullpen, Thielbar, Manaya, Colome. Now, Colome, there's a team option for next year. Chances are he wouldn't come back with a team option unless there was a restructuring because I don't think they're going to pay him $5 million, are they? I don't know. I mean, if he pitches well the rest of the season, is that crazy to have him back? I, if you would have said that a week ago, I would have called you crazy. But honestly, he's shut down some decent teams and got some saves. Maybe he's worked through whatever he was going through and and it's someone that you want to invest in. I mean, we've seen that before with other relievers where they're, they're not quite all the way there. I mean, look at Trevor May. He went to the Mets and now he's doing great because we didn't want to pay him that money. So I think I think it's something to definitely look at. When we, when we are saying that we need six free agent pitchers, maybe you do need to look a little harder at the guys that you already have if they start performing at the end of the year. That's a fair question. So here's my question, folks. We've talked about this throughout the season. Right now, the Twins are 50 and 65. Will they get to 60 wins before 70 losses? Every time they get to the point where we're starting to actually get excited about this, they lose nine out of 11 so i'm gonna plead the fifth <laughs> Dan, well, any thoughts? let me look at their schedule here all right so they host the rays they host the indians but then they got to play the yankees and the red Sox on the road i i don't think it's happening here i don't think they can win 10 of the next 15 yeah that does seem far-fetched anyway enough about the games here folks but again we cannot emphasize enough how fun it is to watch the twins beat up on the white Sox, who are far and away the best team in the central so far this season without a doubt i think they're the only team above 500 well here we go let's go into our segment Puckett's Picks winner. Dang it, guys. You know, I, at least, Hoags, it was you that won and it wasn't David, and we've maintained his losing streak in Puckett's Picks. It was pretty fun watching the end of the game today and just knowing that it, not only was I seeing a Twins victory, it was most likely a Puckett's Pick victory as well. What's most annoying about this is that I always end up in second place, which means I pick last when it comes to picks. Not only did I not win, I also get the worst position. So I'm on seven consecutive losses here, which granted, not the record. Dan Thompson had nine consecutive losses earlier in the season, but I still don't like this. Everybody is closing in here. Dan, give us the season standing. So now, so listeners have 11 wins. I have 11 wins. And David's only got 14. Ugh. That's within reach. It's, now, there's plenty of baseball left in this. Ugh. All right. So Polanco had eight points, mostly today with the triple and the home run. And then, David, you had picked Arise. Yes. Right after Polanco. I think that's worth saying. Polanco was the first pick. Yeah, so we need to make that very clear. <laughs> that Pol- I think that's my first victory for the listeners, too. So let's, we need to just sit in this a little while. Well, it's good of you to keep it simple. Uh, Arise has two points for David. And Max Kepler, the useless, has, uh, has negative one point I didn't for know me. he was knighted. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. He's German, right? <laughs> Germans have knights, sure. don't they? Certainly. Why oh, not? my gosh. Now, I'm disappointed in Max Kepler, but I, at least I get to pick ahead of you, did. So yeah. that'll help me later. That's what's most important. Let's keep pushing here. Beast. <laughs> 
versus bench. Is losing fun? Is losing fun. So for the first time ever, we have three answers to all of our questions. This is fantastic. So Hoags, as the third chair today, will you start us off with your beast? I picked Asadio for my beast. That game two was just incredible how well he played. He had so much excitement. It was fun being at the game two and seeing how he reacted to that home run. He also had that great double play at the end of the game where he snagged that ball out of thin air, got it over to first real quick. And just his enthusiasm is so infectious out there where I think it inspires the rest of the team to play well as well. So I got to give it to Asadio. You know, that the, the turtle won game two for us. So it, it's the beast for me. So I went actually with a starter because looking at game three here, after the teams split games one and two, Bailey Ober came out and just had an excellent start. So I went with Bailey Ober, I think especially because he gave him that extra inning. I would as much give credit to Rocco for leaving him out there one more inning. Yeah, I think it's a good play to give Ober as much length as you can get out of him where he's still safe. What about you, David? Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Polanco. I think that he is so important to this team right now because one, I think that If he's not on this team, the last seven games, there's very different outcomes, obviously. But above and beyond that, I think this is showing ownership that they still have some pieces here, even without Buxton on the field, even with Donaldson banged up. They still have some pieces that could help this team be winning once again. It's hard to argue with that. It's hard to imagine this lineup now. They don't have Buxton, Donaldson, or Cruz in this lineup, and it's being carried by Jorge Polanco. And even Miguel Sano's playing pretty well, too, all things considered. Well, so, I mean, we had some good options here for beast bench i think he had some options too it's kind of interesting where sometimes it seems like there's an obvious pick for both the beast and the bench this one we all three had different beasts and it looks like we all have different benches yeah i went with i went with rooker for this series he went sano for four in game one (laughs) and sano for four in game three so it's hard to give it to someone else but like you were saying earlier it's fun that there is that many options for Beast and bench. It just shows you that. I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of this series that we had three legit picks for Beast that were all unique and you can't argue with any of them, I think that's awesome. I had totally missed the Sano for four in game one, too. I I was just so distracted by the fact that the Twins weren't playing very well. I went with Max Kepler, my pick for Puckett's picks, because I guess I was attuned to his inadequacies. Shocking. Shocking (laughs) that the guy you took for Puckett's picks is the guy you put on your bench. I know. But you continually rip him for something that makes sense, though. Like, if you have a guy that's winning Puckett's picks, he's probably the beast. Well, and yeah, it, and if he's doing poorly, it makes sense, but it also shows bias because it's, to it's say emotion. That, yeah, yes, emotion. It's, it's Athletics and sports are emotion. I'm paying attention to him. I look at Rooker's line now and I think, yeah, you know what? 15 strikeouts in a series is pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I will go with Kepler because he's been leading off. He led off in two of these games. He did get on base in game three at least once. But there, where is that? Where's that pop that he had earlier? He's just not, there's no exclamation point in any of these games from Max Kepler. Always trying to work in the English lessons. Yeah. I just think it's, it's metaphorical. It works for our listeners. What about you, David? Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Cave on this one. He performed terribly at the plate. But on top of that, most of this is for the, sl- for the attempted dive in game one that just looked ugly, folks. If you haven't seen this, go back and watch the replay. And you're just like, huh, is that, is that really a Major League Baseball player? Because it looks like a guy who like dropped something and fell over trying to pick it up. You, you know it's sad when you can see him running after the ball and you know exactly what's going in through his brain. Because at first it's like, oh, I got it, I got it. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, maybe I do. No. And you just the whole thing plays out. Oh, hold on. Watch it in slow motion now hold on jake cave i think plays a decent center field here i don't know why you're ragging on jake here okay hey it needs to be pointed out here folks that this is a guy who dan wanted to bring a guy up from single a and put him in the what team guy? what guy put from him on the, single t- a put him on the team in the postseason here as opposed to jake kirilov <laughs> are you bringing kirilov into this i am bringing kirilov hold on he was not at single a I- <laughs> he was a clearly he was on the roster I would, again, 
Are you telling me you'd rather have Jake? We've had this debate. Why do you do this to me? Just needle me. Needle I'm just, me. I'm just saying that you're defending Jake Cave now when I'm you wanted defending- you well, wanted to you would rather play a guy who had never played in the majors in a postseason game over Jake Cave, and now you're being like, well, hang on, he may have gone over a thousand, but he had a couple of good plays but, in center. Uh, it's either that or Ref Snyder, and I don't think Ref Snyder is that great of oh, a center ref- fielder. I'd rather have him as the fourth outfielder than in Cave. Oh, I agree with you. Going forward, I'm just saying. What? What are you talking I'm just about then? Cave <laughs> plays a good center. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything about his other. But you features. just you just made it sound Great like he wouldn't beard. take refs. He looks good on those hammerhead no. shirts. Okay. The- <laughs> Hammer made, <laughs> whatever they're called. <laughs> help me out here, Hogs. Tell me something How is he about help Jake. You out? Because Cave. you've given like four different opinions, and now you want him to be like, "Oh, bail me out here. Tell me why I'm right because I gave three different options." Did Kirilov do well in that postseason game or not? He, no, you can't look at it with hindsight. That's the dumbest thing ever. Well, you know, we knew that this was going to happen. You, you do a podcast reflecting <laughs> on series in hindsight. That's all you do. We have music. I rest my game we right have, no, there. No. Oh. All right. I think we should move on. We, we must, made our point. We must. No, you didn't. We That's made my contention. Our point. All right. Let's go on to Rocco's Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. I will go first. Okay, and I'll well, just, go ahead. Because it was the longest to go, and I, we, we, I'll talk briefly. But in game one, I don't know why you don't just start Charlie Barnes. I don't know why the funny business of having two other relievers here, I get that you're going to have those three guys play anyway, but just put Barnes out there first and see how he does. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to piggyback right off that here. Why isn't Gant giving an opportunity to start if you're going to do what you did in game one here? Just give him a chance. What's the difference? If, it's, if you know it's going to be a loss going into the game anyway... You might as well let a guy who's had some success at the major league level take his opportunity. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, too. And then going along with that as well, it's very tough for Rocco for these next couple of weeks to be managing with guys that you have such a short leash on. Jax and Ober are going to be on limited pitch counts. So why not give opportunities to, to other starters? I mean, that, that's what the rest of this year is for. And that, that's going to be difficult to manage. I'm interested to see how he does that. So I guess... Maybe another counterpoint to that would be how much control does Rocco have in this versus how much our management basically saying, well, you we would like you to really have these guys play. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much he's well, managing. With the, way, with the way that he would put Hap out there and just let him pitch no matter how many runs he gave up. I'm guessing he's doing the same thing. They here. were he's increasing gotta... his trade value, David, with every <laughs> inning. For the guy chomp, that you chomp, currently chomp, want. Chomp, Right? increasing his trade value for the guy that you currently want to be a starting pitcher. That's true. Oh, one other thing you guys mentioned last time, you talked about throwing in Hap's like plane ticket. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. this? He technically just had to walk across to the other <laughs> dugout in that game because they were playing the Cardinals. So, so the it wasn't even got, that. The, the Twins got point. an even worse deal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But you, I mean, Gant should be pitching. I think Gant needs to have a chance. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's keep pushing here. Minnesota moment. <laughs> Minnesota moment. I have to go with the Turtles home run in game two. It had a playoff type feel, right? Because it gave the Twins the lead. He was on the one knee. It was just, it was a weird play. I like to see that sort of energy out of Astadio. And I just think that it showed the White Sox that this Twins team, while they're certainly not as good as the White Sox currently, I think it shows that there is potential for them to be better than them as soon as next year. I can't argue with that pick at all. That, that's a great pick. He had a lot of excitement on that. I'm going to go a little bit differently. I'm kind of jealous of you for being able to pick Sano for a defensive play from the last series. Ah. So I'm going with Astadio's start of the double play in that same game. Yes. It was just fun to see him bring that same energy at the plate also to the field and to make that play. And he was so pumped up. I don't know how much the 
TV broadcast showed, but when he was running off there, he was yelling and screaming, and it was... Well, they it showed was, him kind of hopping, and I was like, I don't think turtles really hop like that. <laughs> That's it, for the hairs, I think, yeah. don't they? <laughs> don't they do the hopping? It was fun to see a last place team have, have that much emotion against a team that's practically, for all intents and purposes, eliminated. Them. Well, and they're no longer a last place team. I believe it was Ooh. that. They've, they've hopped the Royals now by percentage points. I'm going to go with the Polanco's home run in game three because they won the series because of that hit. And they needed a big hit finally in yes. that moment. Um, I could just as easily almost point to Colome. Colome had two saves in one-run games, which there were a lot of one-run games. There were a lot of three-run games that Colome was blowing earlier in yes. this year. So the fact that he's come out and pitched well, I just, great game three, fun to watch a one nothing win. You don't get those very often. No, it was, a, it was a very quick game too, which is always nice. When there's no run scored, you want it to be a quick game. Absolutely. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. So we got, we got some questions here for this team. And I think a lot of what it stems from is that the Twins just beat the Astros three out of four, and then they beat the White Sox two out of three, two teams that are leading their respective division. So if the Twins team can do this, and albeit a not fully healthy Twins team, who has Jake Cave and Rob Snyder playing center field. <clears throat> so my question is this, if this team is healthy, they're going to be a better team certainly than they are right now. So with the way that they performed, knowing that their whole team isn't together currently, can this team force ownership to buy into 2022 as being a competitive year? I think so. I think they want to. I think ownership wants to. And the fans certainly want them to try to buy in next year. So I think absolutely. If they can finish well here, I think they are going to say to management, listen, give us one more starter and a couple good relievers. One, you'd only think you think two starters. I think you need a at least a one B type starter, and I think you need a, another filler guy. I don't know. What do you think, Hoax? I think it's tough because like, a lot of these younger guys are actually showing that they can pitch. I mean, Griffin Jacks has been looking good. Bailey Ober's looking good. If you have Kenta Maeda, and maybe we sign Pineda for another year, maybe you do only need one more starter. And like I agree, well, with, but like, Pineda would be considered a signing, though. Also, sure, fair. I, and I, I kind of agree with what, what Dan was saying earlier with with Colome with it if this is impressing management, he is playing for that that $5 million contract right now. So I, I absolutely agree that I think that the rest of this year can make a difference for management. And I think I agree. I think management wants them to show them that they can, and maybe that'll help them commit more to Buxton. And mine, along those lines, <laughs> oh, always there we go. Always Thanks for working in Buxton. I tried to just sneak it in. Oh, man. <laughs> And those are, I mean, talking about the pitching staff, but also looking at the lineup, I think one of the guys, and this is my question, is Miguel Sano playing for his job next year? Yeah, I think absolutely. And I don't even think he's playing for a job at first. I think he's playing for the DH at this point. And granted, his only competition is Brent Rooker at this current juncture, which isn't much. Or Josh Donaldson, who apparently they hobble out there. For... <laughs> they bring him out on a wheelbarrow. <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah, yeah I think he's put got the a... guy in the injured list. <laughs> he's got a range of about a foot right now. It's, it's just hard to watch out there. But Sano's such an interesting case because he's a guy that you see so much potential where he's just ripping the ball to all areas of the field and then he'll go through slumps where he bats 180 for a while so it's I, I don't know I don't know if, he, if he's not playing for his job can they get anything in return for him anyways it's just such a he might just be a guy who's there for a while <laughs> he's just a guy who's there for a while <laughs> well he's not I, I forget the exact specs on his contract but he's not breaking the bank right now with doing no that. and and if he can we talked about this I think previously if he can hit 240 and 30 home runs I kind of don't care what else he does. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's that's what he's there for, right? But he's sure. not doing that. No, no, no. Yeah. But he'll reach paces where he could be. 
And that's what's tantalizing. And I feel like the DH role helps him a lot more than maybe playing first or third, like you were mentioning, because then he can focus more on hitting. It also gives him a lot more chances to get into the lineup. But then we see, look at, I mean, then he makes that great play at third at the end of the Astros series. Of course, then he makes the bonehead play at first, dropping a pop-up in one. So I don't know. He's so Jekyll and Hyde. Enigma. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so Hoax, it looks like we covered yours a bit here, but maybe if you could add some clarity to the question. I'm just wondering if these younger guys that we've seen with Griffin Jackson, Bailey Ober, if they really are going to start producing next year. In, in they're not going to be the, your number one starter, but are they close to the level of Barrios with a number two, number three starter? I mean, these last couple of games are against playoff teams, and they've performed. If this team were to make one, you know, one A, one B starter signing, and they bring Pineda back. And one of those two guys is Barrios caliber. This team, this team has a shot. Well, because you guys have talked, I think it was last time. If the Twins can just score five runs, they're going to win a lot of baseball games. With competent starting pitching so far that we've seen the last seven games, absolutely. Well, the last six games. Well, (laughs) but again, and you add in, you add in guys like Buxton back into this lineup. Uh, You have a healthy Josh Donaldson who I think will be around probably the next couple of years. I just they have bats, not to mention Kirilov, who's not playing right now. They have a potent lineup. It, it's hard not to get excited about next year when you start thinking about the way these things can be. And I think we all forget too that Maeda was the second in second in the Cy Young vote last year. So even even he, though he's been all right the second half, he still has had an off year. So I think I don't know. I think there's still hope. I, that's why I'm still hoping that they go for it next year. All right. Well, let's take a look at the series grades. We're going to have three grades this time. I'm curious if we can land on different grades. <laughs> series grades so hoag start us off here i gave him a b plus i was honestly tempted to give them an a just because those last two games were so great but game one was so brutal i couldn't get that taste out of my mouth so b plus understandable we'll go we're gonna go in ascending order here dan so you can go next oh man i get an a minus i guess that tells listeners what you're gonna go with i say very similar reasoning i almost throw away game one because it, it honestly felt like the twins were throwing it away based on what they were doing with their pitching staff so a minus So I'm going to give him an A, and we talked about this a little bit prior to the podcast, but the thing is, how deflating would the first loss of this series been if the Twins were currently competitive in the division, but then how uplifting for them to take the next two games? So if you look at it just from that perspective, that how deflating game one was, and you're like, yeah, we're at the bottom of the division, White Sox are on the top, we're of course going to lose these games, to come back and win the series after that devastating game one, fantastic, I got to give him an A, not to mention... Game two was all the excitement you'd want in a baseball game. Well, and in game three, they pulled it off. Polanco got that home run, like Dan said. Like that, we, we would have an entirely different feeling of this series if they would have blown that game in the later innings. But they, they won two out of three. That was fantastic. Absolutely. Well, let's keep pushing here. Puckett's picks for the upcoming Rays series, the return of Nelson Cruz. And we'll see you tomorrow. Puckett's picks. So can I pick Nelson Cruz? Would that be allowed? Uh, no, or, okay, no that's not allowed. Just like you can't player. pick Eddie Rosario. Of course, we won't even see Eddie Rosario the rest of the season, Dan. It's so, it's so sad. I'm glad we went. We saw him that one time. It, it is good that we did go, uh, uh, certainly, to see Eddie. So we're going to let Hoags as the listener, even though it's a little frustrating, because now this will be the second pick that Hoags has made, and he won, and he gets to pick first for the listeners. Not a fan here, Hoag. So who are you going to take? 
I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going with Polanco. And and frankly, this Puckett's pick race is a lot more interesting than the AL Central race right now. So I, there's a lot riding on this. Absolutely. So then, Dan, you get to pick next because of the stupid rules I made. You know, again, I don't think I can get fancy here. I got to pick Luis Arise because I don't, I, don't, I don't see anybody else on here until Buxton comes back. I don't see a clear other guy. I'm quite frustrated because I'm the only one who has to think about my pick. That's what's so frustrating about this. Can you pick Buxton for the Saints? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Buxton at AAA. Uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty fair deal. Um, and I would certainly take that pick if, if he was on the field for AAA here. This is so hard. Who's going to play in the games? You guys took the two guys who you know are going to play. Well, Simmons is likely going to play, but he's going to be terrible. I mean, Brett Rooker is <laughs> so, still available. Oh, congratulations. You could go for the record for lowest score. Uh, lowest score. Congratulations. That's true. Rooker probably yeah. would have done it. Yeah. Seriously, let me know to pick Would have been up there. So I think I am going to go with Rob Refsnyder. It's happening. This is the time, folks. He's going to get in at least one game, and I figure he's going to need to have a big game if they're going to let him play in another one. So I, I, I think that's going to be how I'm going to play this one. All right. Last question before we close. Are you guys watching the Field of Dreams game this week between the Yankees and the White Sox? I just want to, I saw some pictures of the field, so I will probably check it out just because I want to see how it looks during the game. It, it does look absolutely awesome, but could they have picked two teams that I don't want to root for at all more. I mean, it's just, it's a little frustrating too, but those, those uniforms look sweet. I, I think it's a great idea. Gimmicky, but I love it. You know, if they just put the Reds and Twins there, I think that would really be, that would really set the rivalry off really to that next level. So I, I'm hoping to see the Reds maybe next year. Maybe this will be an annual thing. Oh my goodness. Dan, you need to get off this train. Oh, that the, the big red machine. I love it. <laughs> The Great American Ballpark is incredible. Thank I, I you went very out there much. and it was so much fun. Also, I don't disagree. You're both <laughs> looking at me like I like criticized you saying that. I said nothing of the kind. Random side note, the fireworks display there is the greatest fireworks display I've ever seen in my life. A dragon. It's actually like a Gandalf dragon <laughs> oh, comes wow. down over the field. It's and you worked in the Lord of the Rings reference. What <laughs> Thank do you, you know? Very much. Dan Thompson. That's when I would go back to fireworks is when that dragon actually happens. <laughs> I want that technology. Anyway, David, how about you send us out since we've been picking on you? I think you should have a moment yeah, to yourself. Not, to here. be honest, I got to be honest, folks. I thought I was going to get a lot more garbage thrown my direction. So I think I got out of this one scathed, certainly. <laughs> not unscathed, scathed. But uh, but I'm still, I'm still standing here. All right, go ahead. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Men for the Win and find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go twin. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the twins. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go twins.